Attention! Welcome to the Film Mages Podcast, where the popcorn is our ammunition, the couch is our foxhole, and the cinema is our place of worship. Now let me see your war face! Goodness gracious. Take two. Let's try this again. Oh, okay. You're going to come right out with it? <laughs> of course I am. Yeah, Hello, everyone. Why not? Technical hey, difficulties. we're the film major. I got to be up front with our audience. Yeah. Hello. They love that. Hello, film major listeners. Um, happy, happy holidays. Kind of. A little, I guess we're a little late. Hello. Yes. Uh, happy uh, Fourth of July. We hope you had a good and safe Fourth of July. We, I hope you still have all of your fingers. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm Zach. I'm Mick. I'm Alexis. Can I say it again? <laughs> What did you say? What did you say? I already forgot. <laughs> that you said on the oh, 4th of yeah. July, you were, quote, <laughs> so road hard I'm, and put away wet. I'm yeah, once Alexis I heard and it. I was road hard and put away wet because that's how I feel. <laughs> I there feel broken. Uh, oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, fun thing that happened to me yesterday on the 4th of July, I was mm. walking out of uh, the locale where I was at my 4th of July party, and people were setting off fireworks in the street, and someone was setting off a Roman candle, and it hit Uh. the ground once, and bounced up and dinged me right in the shin. Uh, (laughs) So, despite me not really lighting fireworks off myself, I still received a firework-related injury, and then, as I was walking down the street, a guy did, like, was like, hey, man, come light this off. And I was like, oh, no, I'm trying to go home. And he was like, come on, man, be a kid again. And I was like, yeah. I mean, he's got me there. He's got me there. What can I do? I saw this meme where it's like, kids, do not set off any fireworks. Let the adults that have been drinking all day do it. (laughs) True words have never been spoken. So patriotic. I look back at that. I'm like, wow, that that was was not good. But, yeah, no, I spent my lovely 4th of July uh, in in Venice Beach, uh, where it's just very, very – I got – completely creamed by a wave like oh. like probably the most my, my whole life like actually i went ragdoll. oh yeah i was at the oh, beach okay. earlier yesterday and i so several times well, got just my well, well first i'm not in the pacific ocean outside la to swim no it's disgusting water so why am i in there i had to go pee and <laughs> the the nearest public restroom is like a twenty minute walk north on this very hot sand. So at, at, literally everyone else I was hanging out with was like, "Yeah, oh, I've just been peeing in the ocean." So I'm like, oh, "Okay, I'll go do that." So it's where people are surfing. There's some pretty big surf, and the problem is, it's like the, the, it, the tide goes in very quickly and then out. So you have to like run with the water. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, the water will go beneath your waist and knees very quickly, and then it's quite obvious that I'm just urinating in front of 100 people. So I'm going back and forth, back and forth, and I don't know, like, you know, you've been drinking a bit, you have to pee a lot, but never have I, it f- has it felt longer of a urination than when I'm doing it in front of 100, hundreds of people, and I'm having to run with the waves. And then I got creamed, completely creamed, while I'm urinating. Just got flipped upside down. Completely flipped upside down. <laughs> urinating. So do you, that's do one you of my sea salt got in my some head. Of your pee, like, flipped on I you? think so, because I'm very familiar <laughs> with the taste, and I got a little bit of it. Oh, dude. You're a salty come sea on. dog. But I got, literally. I, I was a salty sea dog, I, uh, but I got horrendously sunburned. It was awful. And yeah. I reapplied, for the record, I reapplied twice. Yeah, I put it on sunscreen too, and I, I don't burn very easy. Didn't matter. My favorite themes, uh, my favorite thing to say yesterday every time somebody was like oh man yeah i did end up getting a little sunburn i was like damn you know who's not sunburned me because <laughs> i wasn't in the Got sun him. fuck y'all 
<laughs> what, what did you do for your 4th of July? Uh, I went up to Bass Lake. Uh, my boss has, like, a house up there. So it was, like, me and my sister, my boss, you know, uh, my ne- my nephew, who's his son. And uh, we got some... He has, like, a houseboat. We got some jet skis out. Like, I've, I've actually oh, never been on action? a jet... Yeah, I've actually You're never been on a jet, on a jet ski. ski? Wow. Yeah, I'm just doing some, some real, like, out-of-pocket shit these days. Yeah, Alexis, That's- what's going on? I know, living dangerously out here. Okay. That was great. (laughs) Yo, (laughs) I, um, my sister just totally fucking, like, knocked me off. Like, she's fucking crazy. That bitch is wild. I'm telling you, okay? (laughs) She She knocked you off a jet ski? I've said said that for She was going so fast, and I think she was, like, doing a donut or something at some point. Like, she did a bunch of fucking donuts out there. Which you're not supposed to do, but it's fine. Um, and anyway, she fucking threw me off. I thought I was gonna die for a second, but it was chill, you know. Were you and right? Then, were you like holding on to her from like the back, or yeah. were you on a different jet ski? You were on her. No, jet I was ski? holding on to her from the back. And she flipped you, and she got you off. She, oh, dude, she, I fucking launched off that shit. <laughs> uh, the amount of money that I would pay, to I, watch would, that video, I would love to see that. If there's video of that, I would if like to post if that. If there's video of that, put it on the TikTok. Um, That's hilarious. Alexis is having her own boat month. She was (laughs) laughing really hard, too, because at the end, like, when we were, like, pulling in to, like, you know, put away, like, the houseboat at the end of the day, like, uh, we took out the inner tube and put it in the back of the the fucking boat. And so I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll get on there with you, Jax. And, oh, my God, the amount of times that I almost fucking flew off of that thing too, you know, just like <laughs> bouncing, bouncing up and down, holding on for dear fucking life. Like I, that's why I feel broken. Like putting my arms up, like hurts, moving kind of hurts. Cause I was holding like my body weight on this like inner tube, like for a good, like solid five minutes. It was awful. Hell yeah. Wow. Well, Dude, that sounds like a blast. I love that holiday, man. Yeah. We do some stupid shit. God damn it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty representative of this country. Exactly. Stupid shit shit with some loud explosions. Yep. Uh, Yeah. So speaking of stupid shit with loud explosions. Yes. Yeah. We're in Blockbuster Mind. Blockbuster Month. It is Blockbuster block month. month. And have you guys been busting any blocks? Have you been watching any films? I, I busted out a block the other day. I'm not kidding. I did not realize what that sounded like until after I said it. <laughs> Please, I, I don't love is that you were doing busting that. Busting blocks? He no, said he was busting out a block, and I'm like, dude, we, we share a bathroom. You need yeah. to... You know, bust a no, bust I, a couple fewer blocks. See, go- uh, see, now I'm gonna say bust a Glock. For the, okay, see, now just, I'm just I thinking of like busting a, a cock, which is more believable, to be honest. Who's busting their <laughs> cock? I well, I okay. Oh, God. <laughs> let's recap. Let's watch recap. Let's recollect. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take this segue that Zach so lovingly put up there. I did bust a block by watching the new Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Ooh, crazy. Directed by James Mangold. And um, have either of you seen it yet? Uh, no. No? Are either of you planning on seeing it? Maybe. Maybe. So I, that's a no from both of you. I might see honest. it. No. 
There's a solid chance I'll see it. Uh, I uh, they went the sci-fi route again. I'm not going to say how. Uh, she's very pretty. Did you see that? Okay. Are you um, ogling our neighbors? She's not. A, she's a visitor. I've never seen her before. You don't know that. <laughs> Why? Mm, okay. Cataloging them, I see. I've <laughs> seen who has the tastiest gams. Jimmy Stewart in it's rear nice window a, just nice a woman buying on again. women in our apartment complex oh, out here. Oh, my golly, it's very nice, very nice indeed. Uh, I oh guess if God. there's a murder, then, you know, Mick will be the first to know. Yes, that's because true. Because he's no, going to do it. That is true. I, you, ha- you still um, haven't asked any questions about all that mystery meat in your freezer, you know? Uh-oh. Mystery meat? Yeah, mystery meat. Yeah, like all what? that meat that you keep you keep bringing into our apartment in unmarked bags. That's tofurkey. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Too, Is that what we're calling? That's it? tofurkey. Mick, how do you like the movie? I don't know. It what looks movie? like it's a Indiana Jones. Oh. Um, it was good. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Are we talking Destiny. about the meat or the movie? The meat. Uh, that was Indiana the movie. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny was. Um, uh, it's not. It's not great, and I knew it wasn't going to be. Um, but I still had a good time, and I'm really glad I saw it. Uh, Harrison Ford, somehow, I don't even know how old he is now. He's 80. He's 80. Okay, I, I believe He might it. be 82 now. He still looks really good, and he's still making a solid case as to why he should still star in films. I'm not even saying that. I don't think that's hyperbole. I'm not being nostalgic about it. He's just very, very talented still. Um, the first half is a little messy. It's just juggling so much different things. Um but Mads Mikkelsen is fantastic. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, quite honestly, I think should star in her own film. She commands the screen. Every time she's on it, she's fantastic. She's so charismatic. Um, the ending, I wrote in my review that it kind of feels like it shit the bed a little bit. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm kind of looking back on all the other Indiana Jones movies and where they go. And I'm kind of like, actually, what they do in the fifth one isn't that crazy. Because there is also some pretty wacky shit that happens in the first four. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to go a little a little softer on that. But um, John Williams delivers his supposedly last original score, which is really sad. Uh, it was really, really good. That's the most compelling reason that I'll yeah. probably watch it. Yeah, that. I mean, knowing this will be the last time he'll play Indiana Jones, knowing this is the last time I will see a new film in, in, in cinema that's scored by John Williams. I just felt this kind of obligation to see it. Well, yeah, the dude has been scoring movies for like 70 years. Yeah. It's insane. John Williams, I believe, has been doing film scores since the 50s, right? I I, I, can't, I think so. I can't I correct you on so. that one. Um, but yeah, no. It's, uh, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag for sure. There's an annoying uh, child character in it. Ugh. Again. Ugh. And there's a lot really of callbacks. Oh, and, and something we, we spoke about is the... <laughs> did Alexis, did you just quietly say, I hate children? No, I did said we that? hate the children. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, okay, bring us <laughs> down with you. Bring us collect- down with you. No, I see. I'll go down with that ship. Oh. I'll go down with that ship. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> heard you kids. say, like, oh, my God, that as child as it's was a four-legged so one. great. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, uh, it's... No, I've, I've said you that. Wanna, D- Dakota Fanning. Yeah, we want to... Listen, we want to go back. There's a few child performances on Saturday. Yeah, we love kids. We love them. Yeah, just... You know, Isolate that audio. Um, be in fewer movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. We don't, we don't diddle kids. Do not we diddle, diddle kids. kids. Yeah, Miranda wow. sings out here. <laughs> oh. Um, 
Anyways, uh, Indiana Jones in the di- oh in the de aging. By the way, let's talk about the de aging a little bit. Uh, okay. Um, uh, again, in freeze frames, it looks pretty good. Like it's impressively good. But the problem is, somehow with a movie with this budget, um, it, it still kind of doesn't do physics correctly. I just like I think that's shots. an effect that's basically never gonna work because like we know what a human face looks like. You know? Yeah, well, the, the, the main problem, though, in Dial of Destiny is, is the fact that it is his very convincing young face with completely unaltered 82-year-old Harrison Ford voice coming out of it. And it just doesn't work. It works for some people. I even heard some people walking out of the cinema going, wow, that was fantastic. I totally bought that. And I, it didn't work for me. Um, but I just, every day I gain more respect for Mike Flanagan just... Casting actors who look kind of like, kind of like Jack him. Nicholson like and Shelley Duvall in yeah. uh, in Doctor Sleep. Yeah. So yeah, that's I don't such know. a good movie. Yeah, I love, love Doctor Sleep. So it's a mild recommendation. I would give it. a... I think you should see it. I'm I, I'm giving it the stamp of approval. It made me cry. Pass the Mick test. Okay. The, the ending got the me. Mick test is the easiest test to pass. Yeah, but it, it's important yeah. to me. And <laughs> when it when it passed, man, I was like, okay, it got me there. It did get me. You got up. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm glad I watched it. I think if you have nothing to do and you want to escape the hot summer heat, it would be worth your money to go see it. Okay. Yeah. Check it out, folks. Alexis, what you been watching? I've actually been watching a bunch of things. Um, well, that's good because I haven't watched any new movies since, since we last spoke. Nah, I've been going to the beach. I went to the zoo. Failure. I went to the San Diego Zoo. That oh, was really? Nice. Yeah. You went to San Diego? Yeah. Wow. I did a whole day How trip to San Diego. That's great. Yeah. A day trip to San Diego. That was lovely. That's great. I had a great I time. Love that what for you. <laughs> On the weekend. That was awesome. Thank you. That's great. What was I doing this weekend? I don't know. What was I doing? This? I can't even remember. Alexis, I have to lay off the sauce. What movies have you been watching? Oh, I went and saw Past Lives in theaters. Oh, I'm going um, to see that tonight. Oh, Did yeah. we talk about that in the last episode? You, you talked about it, you but Alexis hadn't seen, seen it yet. Seen it. And yeah. oh, I was okay. planning. I, well, because whatchamacallit, I have to sometimes for like those uh, more, I guess, not really indie, but more. Artsy fartsy is the yes, technical Yes, I, I guess that, that's how I would put it. I don't know. Fresno's kind of conservative, so sometimes I got to wait for shit to like pop off over here. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved it. <laughs> uh, you know, the movie's basically That could be just, the slogan of Fresno. You have to wait a little bit longer for shit to pop off over here. <laughs> I mean, not not everything. <laughs> um, oh, ooh, hey, oh, gang wars! Dark dude. With my mom and my sister, uh, yeah. So, like, I, I would say, like, if if it, I mean, I know Zach, you're gonna go watch it, but other people should definitely go watch it. It's like one of those movies. Like, sometimes it's not really about like destiny or looking back on things that like could have been it's more about you know uh life as it is and life as it is in the present you know and i was like oh i really appreciated that and i fucking i fucking teared up too watching that movie the the part where the husband talks about how she she dreams in korean Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Zach, if you don't cry, you're an asshole. Yeah, All right. We'll see. No pressure. I, you no know, pressure. I feel like I I am the toughest nut to crack. Uh, yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> when <laughs> I love that you guys accuse me of being a serial killer, and the one who has the least emotion is you, Zach. <laughs> At films. Like, come on. It's harder to get me to cry in a movie. Although 
I think some of that is maybe yeah, just that you guys. Better in a place like I this? think that some of it is just that you guys are you know older. Uh, you know, you're you're closer to the grave. Well, I'm uh, feeling it because dude. I I find I found myself becoming more emotional at movies as I've gotten older. That's like, great. I basically never cried during a movie. When I was younger, uh-huh. you know, aside from like a few rare cases, right? And it happens more frequently now. That's so good. So I, I can be moved to tears. That's good. But you know, That's you crazy. still got to work to get me. Interesting. I still, I still got my walls of toxic masculinity up, and you got to work to bring them down. Well, we love that at the uh, film majors. I don't know. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm tanned leather at this point because when I was a kid, I could watch like a movie like 20 times and like cry, like sob the same amount every single time that I watched the fucking movie. Yeah, uh, I will be mentioning that about today's movie, by the way. Something relevant to that. Hell yeah. Um, I, also, uh, so, I also saw this sorry, movie called uh, Dream Lover from the, I think it's like 1989 or something like that with James Spader and this girl, uh, Madshin Amick. She's from... Um, She's from Twin Peaks. She's Shell, I think Shelly or Shelby, the waitress in that series. Mm. Um, but yeah, that movie was just balls to the wall, like crazy. Like this man wanted, he wanted, he, he, he gets divorced, right? Okay. And then he's, he's on the hunt. He's looking for the one, you know? And so he does, he finds her, he finds his dream fucking woman and she turns out to be a fucking like psychopath, you know. And, I've uh, been there. That's I a f- have, I've lived. That. That's a feature, not a bug. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> I have lived that. Yeah, so like he gets this like. Is, I, I, this is I, an aspirational I, story. Yeah, it was like leaving the Criterion Channel, so I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it, and you know, like, do, is it okay if I just like do like a little spoiler alert about this movie? Because like, sure, okay. you know what? Go for it. All right, he gets like institutionalized by this woman, okay? Like straight up Hot. like gets put away. He gets 5150'd by this Ooh. woman. So she drives him to madness through her madness. Um kind of or she, she well, convinces she, she, she's it's it's got a little gone girl kind of aspect where she's like kind Ooh, of fun. put everything in line to get him like institutionalized and to make him sound that's delusional the, and crazy. So she's a she's a plotter. That's the she hottest is, thing that can happen. The worst kind of conniving woman. Um Goddamn. Yeah, and then <laughs> What's and her then number, he fucking though? kills her in the end. He fucking strangles her to death because he's like, you fuck, you know what was the flaw in your plan? That I have nothing to lose now. And I was that like, I'm a toxic man. <laughs> yeah, chill, chill. And I, I don't know. I was just, Daddy, I, was like, chill. I was like, that's crazy that I just watched that. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Question. How come you gave it, you gave it two and a half, right? Yeah. So does that mean, because for me, two and a half means that I'm emotionally inactivated. Yeah. Like that's a that's a neutral thing. Is that how you felt about it? Um, I mean, not because it sounds wacky. It's yeah, it's it's a little wacky, but I mean, like I just I think the movie's like not inherently like great, and maybe it does have like it's a little misogynistic, but also it was really fun. So I don't know. I may have to like revisit that at some point in my future mm. life. I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, I do. The, that, uh, that was. The draw of it. I was like, oh, young James yeah. Spader, something else to well, add that's, to. 
I was just looking at Stargate today. Yeah, the director like, that we're going to be discussing today started his career working James with a young Spader James Spader. And a G.I. Joe looking Kurt Russell. Yeah, which I'm intrigued Kurt about. Russell with ever one of the fucking kid, craziest haircuts that. I've ever seen on a person. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a cri- it's a crime what it's they did. It's a Starship crime Troopers. what they fucking did to his hair. We'll yeah. get into that later. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm not sure why, but we should. Yeah. Because it's not really relevant to what we're talking about. But, but it's know, relevant to me. All right. Uh, Mick. Yep. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I saw uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure finally. Ah. Yeah, I Which, fucking love the sound, sh- the score to that movie. It's so good. It's a good score. Uh, is that Danny Elfman? Danny Elfman does a very good job. Kind of makes well, it doesn't make the movie, but it it really helps the movie. Um, so that's a film that I have long avoided because I've seen some clips of it and it drives me up the walls, angry, it just annoys me. I think it's an annoying performance. Everything about it. It's just cartoonish and obnoxious. But I've seen it out of context. I've seen it in clip form. This was the first time I've seen it from beginning to end, and I saw it at uh, um, the Forever Cemetery, Sinispia. So if you're not from L.A., basically that's um, the large cemetery in the middle of Los Angeles. It's in Hollywood. It's in Hollywood. Um, They convert part of it to be basically like a very large outdoor drive-in theater. Except you don't drive in, you, you walk in, you, you make picnics, and you get high, you, you, you drink, and it's great, you know, and it's literally like thousands of people that are there. And it was the 4th of July showing, so they had a huge fireworks show after, which is really cool. Um, had I not seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure in that headspace and in that situation, I probably would not have enjoyed it. I might not have even had finished it. Like, it's such an acquired taste, but... What allowed me to access the film was that situation. So I was able to kind of just put all of my uh, uh, bullshit aside and just watch it. And I'm watching it amongst a crowd of a bunch of adults who grew up watching it. So they love it. And um, I'm really glad that I watched it because, uh, you know, when you when you put your guard down and you, and you watch for what it is, it's actually very funny. It actually is a really good screenplay. Uh, I forget the name of the guy who plays Pee Wee Herman. Paul I, Rubens. Paul Ru- Is he problematic? Uh, He's no, like, no, no, no. Okay. The thing that Paul Rubens got in trouble for in the past is yeah, fucked is up. That? I'm getting on my soapbox. Okay. He got, like, blacklisted from Hollywood for jacking off in a porno theater. Wait, really? Yes! Oh. That's Stupid. what the theater's for! Yeah. He's an adult. He can go there and beat his meat if he fucking wants to. But That's he got true. fucking demonized and blacklisted because he was like a children's entertainer. But you know what? He was off the clock. He wasn't jacking off in front of kids. He was jacking off in a porno theater around other adults where he was supposed to be! We love kids on this Just show. Just exercising. And we his want Don't right. jerk off in front of them! Exactly. Um, you know what? I think Zach just says, says it best. Uh, but no, so the movie... I'm um, against it! As I, as, I, as I wrote my review, it's very much like Bicycle Thief meets Blue's Clues. Like, that's the whole thing. It's a guy yeah. trying to find his bike. Yeah. Um, there's some, like, uh, Large Marge is a wacky character that you see for a little bit. That's very, the one scene I've seen very from Tim Burton's Big Adventure. Um, this is a fantastic first film from... Tim Burton. I had no idea that that was his directorial debut. Yeah. Um, but I knew uh, that because I did a project on him in fifth grade. Nice. How precious. But there's some, yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good screenplay. Pee Wee Herman has some funny quips about how, you know, he's a lone wolf. He can't be, like, uh, he's a rebel. 
Um, it's fun. I had a good time. I'm glad I saw it. See it inebriated. But actually, my point is, is like if I were to now rewatch it now, I think I could watch it completely sober because now, because I was in the headspace that I was when I first was exposed to it, I can appreciate it for what it is. Okay. So now I can watch it sober and, and, and have a good time. Nice. So yeah. You okay. Know, it was good. Check it out if you're drunk. If you want. Uh, Alexis, you seen anything else? Yeah. I uh, As a quick side note, I was at Rasputin's this week and they had like a shit ton of Blu-rays for just $2. So I got like a bunch nice. of shit. And like Fuck one yeah. of them was Mission Impossible Proper. Ghost Protocol. I have not watched. Hell yeah! I have not watched it we yet. We don't even own that one. But you know, just give it, give me, yeah, give me crazy. some time. I will have watched it by next week. I promise. Um, okay, you know what? Huh? Mick and I did watch. By the way. Oh what? yeah. Done. It's just going to be stuck in my head for the rest of my life. Yeah, will be. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, we watched Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. We did see Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. That's right. And I'm trying to keep track of which ones we've seen now. Technically, you know what? No, let's let's save. We have seen all of them now. Yeah, we. That cause the we, reason I'm confused is because we also watched Fallout. Yeah, so we I'm did. Like, which uh, one are you going to talk but about? Let's let's keep it to Rogue Nation for let's now. Let's keep it to Rogue Nation. Uh, that's the first one directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who yep. is the only director who has returned to the franchise. Yep. He directed Fallout, and he is directing the upcoming Dead Reckoning parts one and two. Woo. Uh, He's kind of become Tom Cruise's guy. Yeah. He, like, does script punch-ups on all his movies now. Um, yeah, he because Christopher McCor- uh, he wrote the screenplay or co-wrote Usual Suspects, right? Yes. Right, and then he did punch-ups on Valkyrie. Yeah. And that's how they and, really met. Yeah, and he right? did punch-ups on Ghost Protocol as right, well, right, and right, then right. that's how he ended up directing Rogue Nation, which I thought, again, fucking kicks ass. No, it's Very so good. good movie. It has my favorite Mission Impossible Mission Impossible sequence in it, set piece, you might say, which is the um, Austrian opera. Yeah, the opera of, sequence of is fantastic. It's insanely good. It's it's such it's so well blocked out. You you get such a great understanding of physical space inside this giant auditorium with the light box, the catwalk. Uh, the wings of the theater. It's fantastic. It's so well orchestrated. Uh, it introduces Ilsa Faust as played by <sighs> Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, my who God. Who is fucking incredible so in those movies. I, I'll never forget. When I saw this in theaters and she turns around, reveal, re, we see this you know beautiful woman and she turns around revealing it to be Rebecca Ferguson. I did not know who it was. I had never heard of Rebecca Ferguson before. And when she turns around and you see her face was when I remember... I. I've never quite had a moment before where I'm like, I instantly have a crush on somebody. Like, instantly. I knew it in that moment. She's so beautiful. She has a classic Hollywood look to her. She's just so... And I, Especially I'm, with the way Macquarie lights her, Absolutely. Too. It's like, so... It, I, and I'm so excited that Rebecca Ferguson is in so much shit. Yeah. Speaking of Dr. Rules. Sleep, she's so good in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, let's, let's make it quick on Rogue Nation. Uh, yeah. Again, huge fucking fan. Uh, the... Yeah. That is the movie that features the iconic Hunt is the living manifestation right. of destiny. Yeah. And he has made you his mission. Yeah. Which, um, let, let's talk about Alec Baldwin for a second. Are we going to talk about how Tom Cruise uh, had some insane amount of foresight as a producer to be like, let's kill Alec yeah, let's Baldwin k- off? Spoiler alert, <laughs> spoiler by the way, alert. for Alexis. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but no, I, well, what I want to say is Alec Baldwin is so good. 
in this movie. Yeah. He he his he delivers his lines so well. He's just oh god. Every scene Alec Baldwin is in in this movie. I think he's my favorite um D- uh director. D- yes, director of whatever branch we wanted to say cuz I don't want to spoil anything, but he's a director he's director of the CIA. Yeah. And he's he's, so he's good. my favorite suit in all of these movies. Yeah, which is saying something because Kit we, get, we get Kit Rich, we get Anthony Hopkins, we get Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, I mean, Hal Wall, and we get Tom Wilkinson. Yeah. in in Ghost uh, in, in briefly uh, in uh, Ghost, Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol. That's right. Um, so good. Yeah, and, and now Simon Pegg, I believe. No, no, no. He's he's in the field in Ghost Protocol. So we're yeah, he's still in the field. That's right. We get Ving Rhames back. Yep. It's fantastic. Luther. We love Luther. Alexis, do you love Luther? Who's Luther? So, from the yeah. from the first one, he helps uh, Ethan break into the CIA. Ving Rames. Vin Rames. Bald, Ving, bald, Ving. bald black man. He, mm-hmm. Does he look like a bitch? Then why are you trying to fuck him like exactly. that? Exactly. Hmm. He's I, a pop fixer. I, I, I think I know <laughs> who you're talking about, but it's, it's okay. not popping up here. It's not popping. Oh, right, that's fine. Let's, that's okay. Let's wrap it up on Mission Impossible yeah. Talk because Alexis got talking about Blu-rays and yeah. made made the mistake of mentioning Mission, Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible. Yeah, that was, that one was one my thing. error in judgment, yeah. personally. One more thing. So we we spun this, off, and I apologize. This 4th of July, <laughs> when I was at Venice Beach, you know how they have sky banners in yeah. the planes? Guess what they had a plane flying over Venice Beach had a sky banner for? Yes, you guessed it. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning oh Part God. 1. A massive film poster is just flying and above us. And it was at that moment it was that insane. all of the blood in Mick's body <sighs> went down to his penis and he passed out. That's probably why that wave creamed me. I got distracted. Yeah, I was about to say, you were really enjoying your pee, then you saw that sign and it all went south from there. All the blood. Simultaneous creaming. <laughs> uh, so, sorry, Alexis, you were saying other things that you watched yes. after buying your Blu-ray. Yes. How uh, many did you buy? Uh, like six or seven. There was just like, there was We're a couple things that I like, I re- I rebought them. Like they're movies that I already have, but like they're DVDs that like, I think are probably kind of scratched probably. Uh, so I was like, Oh, yeah. you know, I'll just buy, buy, rebuy them. Uh, cause they're only $2. Like what a deal guys. <laughs> yeah, we love it. We love a good deal. Um, uh, I watched barbarian with my sister and she, she hadn't seen it all the way through. And uh, I just love that we're we're the t- same type of maybe going to be murdered because her first reaction when we started the movie was, wow, you know, he I, he's actually kind of hot. I don't know. There, I think there's Which just one? something about his face. Uh, Bill Skarsgård. Oh, yeah, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why are we the, literally like the same fucking person? This is terrible. Yeah, we Alexis texted me about that. Yeah. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, you are going to get murdered or, as you said on our Barbarian episode, Bundy. Bundy, yeah. Bundy, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we watched uh, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights because I was feeling like, oh, ooh, Diego boy. Luna, I haven't seen this movie in so long. The, this movie has some of the worst editing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, it sure. is so bad. Like, I was just like, I was watching, like, how fast the edits were, but it was like, I was like, but what... What am I getting from this person's like expression that I wouldn't have just got? Like I don't even know. It was terrible. Like the the timing of the edits was bad. But goddamn, Diego Luna dancing 
in a nightclub, a sweaty fucking nightclub, that is my sexuality right there. That's my fucking sexuality. You have so many sexualities at this point. I know. Point. You know I'm what? A very, I'm very, having trouble keeping track. Person, you know? Yeah. yeah. Listen. She, she contains multitudes. She does. I do. She contains large, girthy fingers from Adam Driver. Oh, that's for sure. There it is. There it is. I was waiting for it. <laughs> uh, you don't even talk about containing those because you'll just get me started on something else. So move it okay. on. Okay. So I think I think it's time for us to hop out. Our our trigger is Mission Impossible. Your trigger is Adam Driver's Adam fingers. Adam Driver's and fucking I'm, meat fingers. And it's fingers. time for me to trigger us hopping out of what's going on. And we're back. We're back. We're back in it. We're back. We're doing it again. Oh, so yeah, we're out of what's going on. We're out of it, baby. And now it's time. It's time for a big topic, as it always is. It's it's time for our big topic. Today's an important topic, y'all. Yeah. Today is a good a good topic. <laughs> I like it. You know, it kind of felt like. We, we, we were going back and forth on some different topics. We were we all bouncing around various episode. bad ideas. And then I kind of realized yeah. that there's only one topic that you can do in relation to this really film. only one. There's only one. There's only one we could do. Obvious choice. And yeah. that is, what are some of the best movie speeches? Oh, what really gets you oh, fired so up and ready and, to charge and, the field? You know, I, when I was thinking of my choices... I was picking a few that I realized don't count because mine were monologues that were being delivered to like one or two other characters, which I don't think should count. Oh, so we're not going to do. I think a speech Hunt is uniquely trained and highly I, motivated. That does not count. A specialist without I think equal. a speech should have to be a speech. It's to a large audience. Okay. Like that. That's the caveat because I was like going to pick. How large of an audience? Like, like more than like twelve people. More than two. No, more than 12. I've got one that's definitely counts as a speech that's delivered See, to probably about eight guys. I was going to do the one from uh, Network. Uh, oh, that totally counts. That's a, that's, a, that's a rant and a monologue that's but, not a speech. No, but that is delivered to an audience. No, no, no. You're talking about the Mad as Hell speech? Yes. That's not the one I'm talking about. I'm oh. talking about the one that's delivered. Oh, what's the, the heavy set actor who's in um, Deliverance? He, he's head of the network. I know who you're talking about. Yes. I'm blanking on his name. He, th- that great monologue he delivers to him one-on-one, which I think is one of the best monologues of all time. But I was like, fuck, I want to mention that. But it's not a speech. Well, it's a rant. Yeah. You could bring up the one from network. That's, I could. It's know, not my favorite. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. Which is a pretty fucking great speech. Uh, hmm. That's like uh, if J.K. Simmons... <laughs> was in that. That's what that sounded like. <laughs> he, and he would give me pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> Alexis, what are you thinking? Oh well, now I'm now I'm second guessing this one, this one of my selections. Shoot okay. it out there. Just shoot okay. it. Shoot Fucking it all over deep, us. Deep Blue Sea, where Samuel L. Jackson oh, yeah. is Great. like that, that counts. Yeah, I, right? think that I counts. feel like that, that counts. counts. There's like there's like three or four people in the room. That with one him. counts just because it's funny. Yeah, I feel like if you're like, because that that serves the same function. Yeah, that's, yeah. It, that's inspiration. That's yeah. that's bringing yeah. us to the new act of the, of yes. the, of the story. Uh, so the speech that Samuel L. Jackson delivers in Deep Blue Sea. I love the ending. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking fun. Yeah, well, because he's just like he's basically like he. I think he's like gone to like Everest, or his character's gone to Everest or something. Like he's like he's used to doing like dangerous kind of situation things, and so he's like. 
basically saying how like we can't let nature win like we gotta fucking like get our get our ball gather our balls together and like fucking go to the surface and show this shark what the fuck is up and as he's finishing this speech the shark comes out of this pool of water and just like chomps him in half yeah. It's, and a, it's, and it's a jump scare. If yeah. You yeah. Seen it, it's, it's a, a jump, jump scare. scare. It's very funny. That's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also have kind of a funny one from a movie that uh, is definitely problematic, uh, okay. but yeah. has its moments. And that is John Belushi's speech as oh, Bluto in, uh, in Animal, Animal House, House after yeah. their frat has been uh, completely kicked out of the school. Filmed and in Oregon. Someone, yeah, filmed in my hometown, That's Eugene, right. Oregon. Um but after Belushi is uh, told that it's over and their frat is kicked out, he begins with, what? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. that's, uh, that's uh, classic right there. Yeah, a, an incredible speech that builds to uh, another character saying... Uh, we gotta take these bastards. Now, we could fight them with conventional weapons, but that could take years and cost millions of lives. No, in this case, I think we have to go all out. I think this situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. Yes. And we're just the guys to do it! Yeah. Let's do it! Nice. Good speech. Good speech. Like solid, solid high point of a, a movie that's, again, hasn't aged incredibly, but it has its fucking moments. It's a classic comedy, man. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, and you know, lest we forget that John Landis caused the deaths of four people on the set of The Twilight Zone. I was talking about that this last weekend. There we go, and it can really? come up again. If, yeah. yeah. Twilight yeah. Zone, yeah. Yeah, yeah horrible, tragic accident. Chopped a couple people caused, Yeah, caused by, oh, yeah, caused by negligence. You can, watch, you can watch the video, by the way. Yeah, it's awful. No, it's awful. Yeah, let's bring okay. it right back down. Let's bring it into the dirt. Um, I... One of my all-time favorites, which I also think is kind of an important speech, is Charlie Chaplin in The Great Dictator. Yes. That's a great speech, yeah. That's a damn good speech. To the point of, like, when we were going through a lot of protests a couple of years ago, I rewatched that, and I was brought to tears immediately. This is what I was talking about, anti-fascism, and just, like, how hate completely corrodes the mind, and how this movie came out during World War II. Yeah. And how uh, the movie was uh, not looked upon kindly at the time. And this movie kind of got the ball rolling uh, with him getting investigated by the House of Un-American Activities Committee, which then made him go into exile to leave our country. So uh, but that's all that's all that doesn't even matter. Like the speech is um, if you just isolate the speech, it's incredibly well delivered. It's insanely inspiring. And it's in a comedy. And yeah. it's not a funny speech at all. No. And that's, I think, what makes it so fucking powerful is that this is an old black and white Charlie Chaplin uh, um, uh, comedy. And yeah, a guy known for being silent yeah, on film. Yeah, exactly. It's a slapstick comedy, and yet it ends with one of the most poignant and profound uh, speeches that I've ever seen on film ever since. I think it's, I think it's hard to argue that there's a better one. Good call. Uh, in terms of, like, I, you know, there are other really great speeches, but, um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Good call. Good pick. Yeah. Alexis, you got anything else? Oh, yeah. I, I made a whole little list of it. <laughs> I love yeah. I love, I love, love it when you make a little list. 
Yeah, one of them was a. Uh, so I think this counts, but it's kind of like a rant. But um, when in Mr. Smith goes to Washington at the end, when he's doing like a filibuster and he addresses kind of like the counts. whole totally the whole counts. Senate, That's a big audience, you know. Yeah, yeah, and like he's just basically he's just calling them out for being like hypocritical and shit, basically. Yeah. And it it's very much like the move like the movie comes to like a focal point right then, and he he looks fucking crazed, but the way that he delivers that fucking speech is so powerful. Like you're very much you feel very moved just listening to him. Yeah. So fuck yeah, um, great pack. Uh, Diz thinks that I'm falling in love with you. I think he might be right. Still gets me. <laughs> Still fucking gets me. Yeah. Uh, I love so it. I don't know about you, but I grew up... <laughs> controversial take here. I grew up watching a lot of Mel Gibson movies. Yeah, let's talk about Braveheart. Uh, uh, no, yeah. I, no, I knew it was going to yeah, come up. We have to talk I about we, Braveheart. We have to. I mean, yeah. it's fucking Braveheart, it's, you know? It's one, of the Great best, speech. it's one of the best film speeches of all time. I fucking dare you to watch that movie now and not get chills. Yeah. When he does that speech, it's so yeah. important that you watch videos of drunken football fans from Scotland, and they are reciting. I'm sorry, what fans? Drunken football fans. They, they call it football. Oh, they play football over they there. They play football. Well, so they they like toss the pigskin around and tackle each other. Anyways, uh, I'm just confused about what you're talking about because I didn't, I didn't know soccer football. Oh, so we're talking about soccer. We're talking about football. Oh no, we're talking about soccer because you know what? Football. They named it soccer back in the day and then they changed it. Well, they don't it's get football. to. It's they football. don't get. It's not. You know what's football? Football is football. Yeah, they don't even so fucking. You're doing this, you're doing you know this on this episode of all episodes. Let's go there. Because what the only time in the whole fucking game. That a foot comes into contact with the ball is when they kick it into the end zone. That's not true. Yeah. That's it's it. really, no, that's it's not really true. Handball. When you punt it, when you fucking start oh, a possession, most of the time they're all running kinds with it. It's of like times. Rugby. There's all kinds of times you kick a ball. I think it's much you know more what? effective they to call it soccer early. football because the whole time you're well, kicking it with your foot. But it's not called football. It's called soccer. If the whole world calls it, the whole world does not revolve around this country, Zach. You should know that better than anybody. I'm you just saying. I'm just saying. If they named it soccer to begin with, why change it? I don't yeah. know. Now there's another like, there's another sport called football. Just to be just to be greedy. Uh, that's the Americans. Just to be British. That's what it is. Just to be British it's about not it. British. It is British. Oh How is it British? God. You're talking about Scotland. I started dissociating so hard. The only thing I could hear was like some fucking Spanish telecaster going goal. <laughs> you guys are fucking arguing about that shit. Okay, wait. What can do you want to say about Braveheart? <laughs> Oh my god, Braveheart, can I read the little, like, the, the short little scene? What short little thing? The speech? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Anyways, uh, so Wa- Wallace is Mel Gibson's character, right? He also directed the movie. Uh, he says, Sons of Scotland, I am William Wallace. And some young man is like, William Wallace is seven feet tall. And Wallace is like, yes, I've heard, kills men by the hundreds. And if he were here, he'd consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his arse. (laughs) I am William Wallace, and I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You have come to fight as free men, and free men you are. What would you do without freedom? Will you fight? And some man says, fight against that? No, we will run and we will live. And then Wallace says, I, fight and you may die. 
run and you'll live at least a while and dine in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Ah! Chef's keys. Wow. Mon perfection. I mean, you, you butchered the delivery, but still, it's a great speech. <laughs> I haven't it's seen the movie in a speech. really long time. I, well, did speech. you want me to, like, yell? No. A little. No, I did not. A little bit. I want you to do your Australian accent when you did it. That would be appropriate. That would have been, because he is Australian. Yeah, he is an Aussie. It's, it's <laughs> as... <laughs> He's a Scottish Aussie. <laughs> As John Oliver once said, nothing screams Scottish independence like an Australian anti-Semite on horseback. God damn right. Wow. God damn right. <laughs> that's, a, so that's, that's another good one. That is a great yeah. speech. That's a great speech. Uh, I think that that speech is somewhat, infl- I mean, a lot of like, to war men. Yes. Speeches are inspired by men to battle. the... Uh, St. Crispian's Day speech from Shakespeare's Henry V, mm-hmm. which kind of ties into our last episode, talking about my own private Idaho, Henry IV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Kenneth Branagh mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. version of Henry V has a really good version of the St. Crispian's Day speech, which is uh, the speech that the term uh, Band of Brothers comes from. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I didn't know that. Talking about how every every Englishman who fights and dies with him will be his brother. Mm. That's uh, I think he says, uh, "We brave, we few, we brand, band of brothers," yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah, it's an incredibly rousing speech, and uh, it was actually cited as an influence on a certain movie? speech that we're going to talk about today. Oh, that's cool. If we want to get into it, do we have? Do no, we have I have some more. I have more. All right. Well, then let's say some more. I'm going to rattle off. Um, I'm going to rattle off one from a boat movie. Actually, there's two from a boat movie. One is um, Elizabeth Swan in Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Her rousing speech to all of the various pirate factions when she has been crowned pirate king Ooh. is a damn good speech. Hell yeah. That's a really damn yeah. good one. Great put, the, put the Hans Zimmer score. Uh, it just makes it so rousing. You want to go to fucking battle. It's fantastic. Um, speaking of Hans Zimmer scores, another great... Uh, call to arms speech set to Hans Zimmer is Gene Hackman in Crimson Tide. Um, that is a great speech that he delivers to all of his sailors in the beginning of the movie when they're about to go on their mission to uh, be ready to fire ICBMs at Russia. He has this great speech about uh, basically the role of the United States Navy that uh, we are the um, we are the front line and we are also the last line of defense. Uh, it's just, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's a Tony Scott picture, by the way. So it's like torrential downpour. And it's also great because the whole speech is propaganda and it cuts to reaction shots of Denzel Washington's character multiple times during the speech, kind of being like, eh, I don't know about all that. Well, not, not that, but just like, wow, this is, this is some bullshit. Yeah. But they're eating it up and that's, that's the point. That's the point. Gene Hackman knows his bullshit. That, that's not the point. The point is, is to get your troops ready to fight the good fight. That's a really good speech. Really like that one. You know what's a good one? Mm. You are not in Kansas anymore. That's a really good you speech. You are on yeah. Pandora, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. General Chorus, man. <laughs> yes! From slaying himself. Yes! You know what? Start, start a counter. How uh, many times can either Mick or I bring up Stephen Lang? Slang. And, yeah, I'm so sorry. Slang. Yeah, on, uh, yeah no, I, <laughs> slang, I apologize. 
<laughs> and his Pandora speech from the original Avatar. Because, yeah, that's a hell of a I speech. I used to know that by heart. Yeah. Uh, you Crazy know, enough, like back in high school. Get that's back what I to did it. to impress the girls. Didn't I, work, but... Would have worked on me. Yeah, there you, you go. And you look, look at it. Look now at we're, now we're, we're Who'd have thought, huh? Look at this. <laughs> now we're all been shacked up <laughs> together for four years. Oh, my God. Uh, that's how we did it. Yeah, that, that's a good speech. Um, Alexis... <laughs> Do you have any other uh, uh, any other good speeches? Or I will mention it. No one's mentioned it yet. I'll say it. Okay. Uh, Dead Poet Society. Robin Williams. Uh, I still had, haven't seen that. Which it's I think I've really, said that's a good one. I, yeah, I think it's like definitely like a movie that like I think when I watched it, I felt so vindicated in choosing the arts as like my passion because like when you watch that movie, you truly feel that like like art is the reason for living. And that's part of like what one of his speeches is to the young boys is that like he says, um, we don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race and the human race is filled with passion, medicine, law, business, engineering. These are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain light, but beauty, but poetry, beauty, romance, love. This is what we stay alive for that right there. Just like kind of sums up, the reason why I'm probably still alive here. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. What That's else is there to live for than that? Does he deliver it to a group of people or is it just one guy? Yeah, it's delivered to a, it's a the, class. The class it's a classroom. Okay. Yeah. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll allow, oh. I'll allow that. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a, a Peter Weir film. Is yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I okay. That's the thing. I keep fucking Peter Weir thinking, makes a lot of good films. He does. He makes a lot of. He good makes films for adults. One he might makes say adult films. Yeah, you might say. That's the recommended. The first side of the world. That also has a really good speech in it. By the way. Oh, <laughs> okay. This makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where we're going with it. Um, I do, I was gonna say for some reason one of these days I will retain the fact that Dead Poet Society is not in fact a Gus Van Sant film. But for some reason, my whole life I've been operating under that assumption, and I always relearn it for the first time when someone tells me that Peter Weir did that movie. I'm there like, wait, go. Gus Van Sant didn't do that movie. You're gonna have to for watch the tenth it. time. Yeah, I really should watch it. I love Ethan Hawke, love Robin Williams. Um, uh, you know, another good speech is from Stand and Deliver. That's a really good one where he's talking about where Edward Edward James Olmos is telling his class that math is the great equalizer. And that um, people are going to judge you based on your name and the color of your skin and your complexion. I thought that Denzel Washington was the great equalizer. He, well, technically. Well, I guess he, yeah. He, that's a, oh, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with it. Zach, oh, he Zach, got me. Zach, Zach, uh, Zach, Zach, He got me. Zach. He is the great equalizer. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Um, uh. and is, is someone going to fucking mention Aragorn? Anybody? Yeah, Fuck I it? was. Come on. I was. All right, take it away, Zach. Come on. Yeah, Aragorn's speech at the... The Black Gate is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I the only reason I hesitate to bring it up is that uh, it ends with something like "Men of the West to War," and yeah. being a white guy saying the phrase "Men of the West," that's that usually is never followed by anything Does not racist. Uh, but yeah, it's a damn good speech. Riles the troops up. Yeah. Uh, and it is, it is not you know, racist. Another, it's the one time someone said men of the West. Yeah. And they weren't it, a white supremacist. You know another really good speech from those movies? It, the extended version of, I think it's Two Towers, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. But it's uh, um, fucking, oh, Jesus, why am I blanking on this? Theoden? 
No, what's Sean Bean's character's name again? Oh, Boromir. Boromir, thank you. Boromir's speech to the Gondorians after they have retaken Osgiliath. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good one. And that's only in the extended version, uh, which is crazy, because that whole thing is so important. Theoden also has a fucking damn good one before the Battle of uh, Gondor, uh, Battle of Minas Tirith. Does he? I thought he did. Yeah, riling up the... The Rohirrim? Pretty fucking sure he... Oh, 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 yeah, yeah Rides yeah, yeah, along yeah. the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah rides along their ranks. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. To, uh, to death. Yeah. Yeah. That's a damn good... That, there's so many good that speeches. That might be... I think that's my favorite, like, yeah. to war men speech from yeah. Lord of the Rings. For sure. Uh, yeah. Alexis, any other speeches before we get into the big speech of the day? No, James because and the giant all of mine were disqualified for not being speeches to a mass of people. That's not true. Not all of them. You had a lot of good ones. Yeah, some good ones. I think yes, you did yes, good work true. today. Yes, we're proud of thank you. you. Wait, thank you. Wait. I did a little research. Thanks, guys, for you know my who efforts. I would say did even better work. Uh oh, who? who? Mr. Bill Pullman. Bill Ooh. Pullman as President Tom Whitmore. Yes. In in the nineteen ninety six blockbuster film. Independence Day, Independence directed Day. by Roland Emmerich and starring Jeff Goldblum, Will Smith, and some other guys, including Judd Hirsch. That's goddamn right. Yeah. Especially Judd Especially Hirsch. Especially Judd fucking Hirsch. So, uh, if you were born yesterday or living under a rock, uh, Independence Day from 1996, as Zach lovingly said, uh, is an epic adventure film. Uh, a strange phenomenon surfaces around the globe. The skies ignite. Terror races through the world's major cities. As these extraordinary events unfold, it becomes increasingly clear that a force of incredible magnitude has arrived. Its mission, total annihilation over the 4th of July weekend. The, the last, is, is it Jaeger? The last hope, <laughs> is it tequila? The last hope to stop the destruction is an unlikely group of people united by fate in unimaginable circumstances. They don't even mention that it's aliens. Wow. This, yeah, that's kind of a big thing to not yeah, mention in the summer. How do we summarize this film without spoiling literally anything? Um, so, yeah, that's the Google description of, uh, of Independence Day. Um, yeah, it's I think it's the best way to start off Blockbuster Month. It felt like kind of the only way. It's the only way um, to see it. I have always said... That Independence Day, for my money, is kind of the archetypal American blockbuster. Yes. Like, if if I were to meet someone who had never seen an American blockbuster film. If you if aliens, if came, aliens to Earth, came to Earth. What movie and, would you not show them? Uh, <laughs> it's this. <laughs> if aliens came to Earth and they were like, we've heard about blockbuster filmmaking, I would be like, mm, uh, don't check it out. Yeah, uh, don't watch but, this, you know, please. If I had to show them one that really summed up everything an American blockbuster is in its purest form, yeah. it would be Independence Day yes. because it's got everything. It's got... Groundbreaking visual effects. Yes. It's got a big cast filled out by, like, hot movie stars. Yes. Like, it's hot got, as in, like, they are, everyone can talk about them at the time. Yeah, like, it's they, all they, they are the moment. Yeah. Uh, it's got, you know, big, overblown action set pieces. Yeah. Uh, it's got one-liners. Yeah. You know, it has a it's, rousing score. It's a, not a cultural event, it's a pop cultural event. Yes. Like that, like the, re, the, the, uh, the, the release of the film has a profound effect on, on the zeitgeist at the time. Yes. Um, uh, and I think Independence Day just sums all of that up so well. 
I agree. Now, Alexis, had you seen Independence Day before this? Uh, I actually, no, no, basically no. Wow. Yeah. Now, that, that surprised me when you said that, because I, every 4th of July when I wasn't uh, setting off illegal fireworks from Idaho with uh, past and future, future guest Jake Sabat, nice. uh, I was watching this movie yeah. on VHS tape in my home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I loved it so much. Yeah, it was in regular rotation for me as well. Constant as rotation. Constant rotation in my household. Like, up there with The Mask and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Just wow. being watched constantly by a young Zach Harris. Yeah. Uh, your your sense of humor makes so much sense, contextually. Yeah, no, it really does. It really does. <laughs> does it? All right. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Alexis, first-time viewer... <laughs> In its entirety, because you've seen it in bits and pieces, but this was the first time. Yeah. This was like so. Basically, Pee Wee Herman to me is Independence Day to you. So, what was it like finally seeing it? By the way, over Fourth yeah, of July I, weekend. I, I really love Pee Wee. I really love Pee Wee Herman, though. Oh, I love his big adventure. But, I love uh, that, that movie. Doesn't bode well. Oh, okay. You know, I think that if I had seen the movie when it came out or when I was younger, and I had like some nostalgia to it, I would probably like care more but i probably will like never watch this movie again oh <laughs> nice to the hot oh i know i'm so sorry oh. guys but alexis you would all be dead if it wasn't I, for my david oh my Idiot god 51. although you know i do i do love looking at jeff goldblum the man he's just there's just something about him looking like I don't a fox know what it is but he tickles my brain i think he's the hottest in this i think he's hotter in this than he yeah. is in Jurassic park He's so capable, you know? I love that. I love yeah, that about Yeah, David knows what he's doing. Yeah, Honestly, like, I, I just thought yeah. of this. I don't think anyone pulls off uh, tying a flannel around their waist as well as Jeff Goldblum does. Like, that's Indeed. like that's not a sexy look. No. Why, you know, riding a bike around with a flannel tied around your waist? Come on. Who are you trying, yeah. who are you trying Honestly, to press? he's super nerdy, too, and that's, like, even hotter. I don't know. Yeah. You do love the nerds. You do. You do. You do love, love you do, do. You do love do. a brainy boy. Yes. Okay. I love a brainy boy. Honestly, like if it, taken in the wrong context, he could kind of be stalkerish in this because he like literally like, what does he do? He uh, like triangulates his ex-wife's location in the White House. He's a very using her mobile phone. Yeah. 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 Uh, that shit. That shit had me cracking up. But okay, so Alexis, what what didn't what didn't yeah, work what for didn't you? Work what didn't what didn't appeal to you? Let's dissect this frog. Um, I guess. I'm like trying to think of like what big blockbusters I like have ever really like watched on like a regular basis and like nothing really comes to mind. I don't know that I just like I'm not really an action person like that. I think we've kind of discussed this before. I did laugh hella hard, though, when Will Smith like punches um punches the the alien. That shit was fucking funny. I was just like. What is it? What is going on, guys? <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I call a close encounter. Uh, Welcome to Earth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, that yeah, works I don't, for I don't you. Know. It, it, yeah, that worked for me. I guess I don't know. I don't believe that Vivica A. Fox would have survived that tunnel, like the the fire coming, the the fucking dog leaping out of the fire. So guys, like oh my top god, ten moments so... of human history, not just so, the movies. I, Oh, 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 yes. But the thought that I had when that happened was, 
okay, finally yeah. a fucking I knew you'd movie like it. where the dog I knew you'd like lives. It. Yeah, I know. See, oh. Alexis is on the edge of her seat going, I swear to Christ, if they show me one more no, movie. No, I was. I was like, I was like, I'm sure this dog is fine. They're not going to have done this to me again. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't. I'm very proud of you. Well, be proud of Roland Emmerich. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Dean Devlin. Yeah. The great name, uh, by the way. Okay, so here's a here's a question for you, Alexis. Does it make sense to you that this is the movie where Will Smith really popped for America? Yeah. Became like That's a good question. the biggest movie star in the country. This is what sent him to like stratospheric bad, heights. Bad boys bad boys made him credible as an action star. Yes. But then this like cemented the millennium, as they call you it. You could have him in the same sentence as Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess so, because, like, it, the, the Will Smith doing Will Smith, you know? And, I mean, like, it makes sense as, like, a prelude to, like, Men in Black, yeah. you know? Punching aliens and shit like that, you know? Like, having the audacity to punch an alien like that um, okay, what are, is so Will Smith. Okay, follow-up question. What are your feelings on Men in Black? What are my feelings? Oh, I love Men in Black. Okay. I fucking okay. love Men good. in Black. Good, good to know. Good, good to know. Because I've, I've had some thoughts about things to talk about next year, potentially. Yeah, so. that'd be a good one. Oh, I very, very, yeah, I do I do love Men in Black. The, the, I do love the impression that you do uh, from You're the pull the wings off fly. Oh, yeah. Do you see fly get yeah. even? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, Vincent D'Onofrio. But, so, Alexis, uh, kind of further questioning. Uh, so, like... Does it also make sense that this is the movie that we chose to get the ball rolling with Blockbuster Month? Like, do you see it? Do you see why we kind of oh, yeah, consider 100%. this to be like, the quintessential has blockbuster? Everything that a blockbuster movie has, right. you know, explosions, some sort of quippy comments and right. stuff. Um, yeah, there was a lot of fucking people in there that I was like, oh, I remember them from this right. movie from the nineties. Oh, I remember characters. them from this movie in the nineties. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> when they're all, let's go DEFCON 3, I was just like, oh my We're God. We're going to DEFCON 3. Also, I just want to say that that's a weird line, because we've gone to DEFCON 2 for, like, way smaller things, like in real life. So the <laughs> fact that... Yeah, DEFCON 3 is kind of in the yeah, middle, Def right? DEFCON 3 is like, yeah, it's in the mid, it's like mid. Isn't DEFCON 1, like, the worst DEFCON DEF we could be DEFCON 1 at? is like, you have your, your hand hovering over the launch button for the nukes. Like, okay. that's DEFCON 1. DEFCON 2 is like, like we are as close to, we are as close to readiness for conflict as it can be without actually launching nukes. DEFCON 3 is like, all right, let's wake up the soldiers. Let's Yeah, I feel like we should, we could have popped up to DEFCON 2 uh, yeah. when the, when the so, 14 mile yeah. spaceships popped for up real. over when all of like, our major oh, cities. They'll be yeah, to the no. capital in 10 minutes. Like, all right, let's go to DEFCON, Defcon 3. 3. Yeah, I love how casual, <laughs> I love how casual this is. I never is. thought about that. That's really yeah. funny. I know. So when Zach and I, we watched this together last Friday? Yes. Friday. Yeah, we went to the New Beverly. Saw it on, it was the first time for both of us that we've seen it on the big screen with a audience. Yeah. Um, and I noticed it then. That's what I noticed. Like, that's a weird line. But the one thing that we both noticed is one actor, one performance that really everyone loves. And obviously, you know, Will Smith is in this movie. Jeff Goldblum is Bill in Pullman this. Bill Pullman gives the performance of his career. Absolutely. Uh, but there's one actor who just fucking pops. Who just kind of mops it up. Everyone loved him. And that is Mr. Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch 
you know, the Ashkenazi I'm starting, Jew. I'm starting to, yeah, the I, the the most Jewish element of this movie, like indisputably, which yeah. uh, Roland Emmerich, man of the tribe. Uh, yeah, which we found out about watching that today. Because yeah. I was like, you know, this would be an interesting double feature with um, War of the Worlds. And in fact, they were kind of inspired from H.G. Wells' Lord, uh, War of the Worlds in terms of the virus that knocks out the aliens. So they were like, okay, how do we retell this story with a virus? It's a computer virus. It's a computer virus. Which I think is fun. No, it works. I enjoyed I, it. It doesn't bother me. Uh, it's ridiculous. But, but I back to Mr. Hirsch. Uh, Mr. Hirsch. Judd Hirsch, I'm beginning to think between this and The Fablemans. Yeah. If you add a little bit of Hirsch to your movie. Yeah. A little bit of Hirsch goes a long a way. A dash of Hirsch. A dash of Hirsch. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, a pinch. I consistently find myself just like his line reading of, you would all be dead if it wasn't for my David. Yeah. That just, that runs through my head yeah, pretty often. Area 51. Area 51. Area 51. 51. You knew them. And, and you, you did, did nothing. Yeah, you had them there with the bodies. <laughs> yeah. You will all be known I do really like the father. Yeah. I, I will admit, I really like him. Yeah, yeah. Julius, he rules. Uh, the scene with him and Jeff Goldblum in the car together driving to Washington, D.C. was improvised. Yeah. Which makes sense. Which wasn't Judd Hirsch, uh, was he on Taxi? Yes, he was. That was his big oh, breakout okay. role. Yeah, so he, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he came up with Danny DeVito. That's right. Oh, which, God, that rules. That's fucking, fucking hell, awesome. That's a pairing right there. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that whole scene is improvised, and it's so hilarious because it's so realistic. Anyone who still has somewhat of a relationship with their father. Uh, it's just, it's so accurate. What, do you think we'll get to Washington and it won't be there? It's like, look, everyone's going faster. Sweat it. What, 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 they're cutting me off. They're cutting me off. Oh. No one's cutting you off. <laughs> it's, so <fun. laughs> it's so Jewish. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I, love, I love that his, like, storyline is, like, reconnecting with his Jewish faith. faith yeah. Like, that, you don't really see that in a blockbuster very often. Yeah. And I love that you get, like, a, like, tinkly... Like series of notes when yeah, uh, you, when he's handed the Torah by by Jeff Goldblum yeah uh, yeah nice moment uh, as he says you know when uh, when the Secretary of Defense is like I'm not Jewish Judd Hirsch nobody's perfect right yeah James Red Redhorn yeah when he says that is so good he's very good James at Redhorn part. is a great '90s that guy Alexis have you seen um, the talented Mr Ripley of course she has yes I have yeah he's James Redhorn the he's the guy who hires Matt Damon yeah. to go find uh, Jude he, Law. And he's also uh, mm. a forensic specialist in My Cousin Vinny. Ah. Yeah, he's all over the I place. I still need to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he has I a know. very yeah. convincing yeah. Southern accent in that movie. There is so much like crossover, like like the two different actors that were in Mrs. Doubtfire in this movie. Yep, yeah, uh, Harvey Firestein. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and the daughter. Lisa Jacob is her name. Yeah. Who? What and daughter? Then, uh, uh, the daughter of Russell K. Oh, right, right, right. She's also, well, she's you know, the daughter in Mrs. Delphine. So the, the daughter of the president, Whitmore, is the, is, um, the girl from Arrested Development. Uh, what's yeah, her name? Is Michael Sarah's girlfriend? Oh, that's Anne? Anne. <laughs> yeah, May and Whitman. Is, that's yeah, Blant? Yeah, Mae Whitman is Patricia Whitmore in this. As soon as... <laughs> As soon as I heard her voice, yeah. I was like, it's Mae Whitman. Because she plays, um, you know, she, she was a very 
prominent child actor at this time. And she was also in this movie, Hope Floats, which Harry Connick Jr., who plays one of Will Smith's pilot buddies, Kick is the ties also and in the Hope bias, Floats. Uh, he is fucking... And as soon as I heard her voice, I was like, I knew who it was. The fact um, that Harry Connick Jr. plays this role. Harry Connick Jr. Uh, has an insane, like, nine minutes in this movie yeah. where he is like... Can I say that he's like trying to do a black scent? It's kind because of because it seems like that's what he's doing. African American, and then he definitely does an impression of the Reverend Jesse Jackson. Oh, he does. And, it's a, and the weird thing, it's a good one. It's like it's a good impression. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, that didn't track as like weird to yeah. me as a child. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, this is a fun guy. So sad that he died. Yeah. And now that I'm watching it, I'm like. It, what the fuck for, is going on? For all on of our here? young listeners, for those of you who don't know, Harry Connick Jr. is kind of like a discount Frank Sinatra a little bit. He's he, he's very good at those old kind of sing songy things. He was also an actor, but he has a big musical oh, yeah. career. Uh, so the fact that he's in this playing a co-pilot who does kind of black voice, he's very white. If you've seen the movie, then you know um, it's a weird choice, but Bizarre. it, it kind of works. It's crazy, actually. Uh, fucking. Um Two actors from Donnie Darko are in this movie, too. Oh, really? Oh, so, Which ones? Yeah. Ma- Mary McDonnell, who plays the president's wife, oh, yes, yes, yes. is the mother of Donnie Darko. And then James Duvall, who's the oldest son of, um, what's his name? The pi- Russell K. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the oldest he the- son. He's That's also right. in Donnie Darko as one yes. of the friends. And he was also in all almost like all of Greg Araki's movies. I'm, right. glad, yeah. I'm glad you said it, because Ed- Edwin was... Badgering me to mention this on the podcast. Yeah, I, I think oh, I, 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 I figured as soon as I saw him, I was like, my boy. I, yeah, I know that you had talked about watching the Doom Generation. So, yeah, the Doom Generation and totally fucked up. He's in both of them, and I, you know, I can't give you any spoilers, but yeah, there you go. It's it's funny that this is yeah, like kind of like the one massive movie that he ended up in. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a thing that I'd like to circle back to that uh, Alexis mentioned when she was talking about. You know, this as a sort of archetypal blockbuster, this being, you know, lots of big action set pieces, explosions and quips. Rewatching Independence Day, as much as I love it, and I fucking love this movie. Yeah. I think that it is in some ways a blueprint for a lot of stuff that I don't love in many blockbusters today. Yes. Like, I think... Watching this, you can kind of see the formula for many a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie within Independence Day. Because there are many moments where you deflate. And in this film, it it feels more true to character and doesn't really feel like people are stepping out of the movie. But you get, you know, moments of maximal tension that are somewhat, you know, deflated and made more fun for the audience by characters delivering quippy, often improvised dialogue. Yeah. That's kind of become the bread and butter of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Uh, the blue sky beam became a thing in, like, every single superhero movie of yeah. the 2010s. Yeah, this is... is I, I'm sure there are movies where this happened before, but, I mean, having a giant alien ship hovering over downtown Manhattan is just now, it's a fucking a dime a dozen. Yeah, and I think the other thing that this movie kind of set off that many a summer blockbuster has felt like it has to imitate is, like, 
worldwide stakes. Yes. Like which everything everything has to be I'll, the you know the end of the world, world. or the end of the universe right. and like I think that this movie does a really good job of selling those stakes by establishing a big cast of characters yes. and making, you know, it, the world feel lived it in. It also feels very international. Yes. It, you you see that this is affecting everyone equally. Um, and you know what? I would even go as I would go a step further saying uh, a type of movie that keeps trying to replicate Independence Day are just other Roland Emmerich films. Okay, yeah. I was about to say... And they're say, just not as good. I looked at his, like, uh, I w- whatever his list... His, of his filmography. Yeah, his filmography, yeah. and I was just like, oh, shit. He's done basically, like, every fucking apocalyptic movie they within call the last, him, like, ten years. They call him Master of Disaster. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because well, he didn't, basically... Didn't he also do The Patriot, weirdly? Yes, he did. Yeah. I love The Patriot. Uh... You know who else loves the Patriot? Your dad. My dad. Yeah, <laughs> he also is a big fan of the day after. See, my he's dad. He's a big guy, day, day after tomorrow guy. Which is he really? I, I don't think that movie's like that. That's with Dennis okay, Quaid. Okay, yeah, okay, Quaid. okay. Don't come for me, but I've seen the day after tomorrow like a dozen times. I that's so crazy to me. Loved that fucking movie growing up. I I yeah. I was like I Emmy Rossum played uh, Christine in the Phantom of the Opera, and Jake Gyllenhaal was like young and dumb and full of cum, and just like loved him. There it is. So, you know, it, it just had everything I really needed. <laughs> She's like, that's all I needed. That is all <laughs> that's that why I, needed. I watched it twenty times. <laughs> you know, it honestly, was always out on of TV, all of his I films, swear. out of all of his films that I'm kind of morbidly curious to revisit it's definitely day after tomorrow and 2012 godzilla, godzilla. oh no 2012 is bad i kind of want to rewatch it bad. i, I, I li- have rewatched it kind of recently like <laughs> clips of it and i'm like oh i like 2012 when i saw it in oh, theaters man. but granted i was like yeah it's not a good 13 film, it's not a good it's, film. it's amazing like the amount of movies he's done that have tried to stick to the like what he did moonfall yeah i like, kind of want to see that oh. too he did, um, that I'm such a fucking dumb idiot. I'm such I'm such a fucking empty headed. And dunce. here's a weird thing. So I'm a huge World War II fan. I love I love movies about it. I know where you're going with that. I love movies about it. I also love it as a historical topic. What, what movies? Triumph of the Will. So one when I found out that they were doing a Midway picture, which the Battle of Midway was hugely pivotal, and I like I fucking talk about a boat movie. Battle of Midway would be incredible. And when I saw the new Midway film, and it was showing clips, I'm like, okay, looks like a lot of CGI. Okay, looks like a lot of C-rate actors. And then it said, from the director of The Day After Tomorrow and Independence Day. I went, oh, no. (laughs) So it's to the point now where when it says directed by Roland Emmerich in a new movie, I'm pretty much like, so I'm not seeing that. Which is such a bummer. No, it is. Because I... Like, I was watching behind-the-scenes stuff of this movie. Yeah. Like, there are so many clever production tricks it's going insane. on. Like, yeah. this is this was made at what I think was the sweet spot of blockbuster filmmaking. In terms of where CGI. CGI and, yeah. was at a point where it could be used, but it couldn't be used for everything. So, like, I was watching them, you know, put together the shots of the cities being destroyed. This is insane. And what they did was they built a... Like, you know, scale model of yeah. the cities. Then they turned it vertically. So it's at a 90 degree yeah, angle. At a 90 degree floor. angle to the floor. So 
then they set the camera up at the top right. of that. So looking down. Looking down the barrel of the city. Right. So it just looks like it's looking at the city as it would be right. normally. And then they shoot fire up it. So the yeah. fire flows through the city, rising up towards the camera. And they shoot it like in slow-mo. Yeah. So then they bring it back, and it looks like this giant fire, this wall of flame coming up through the city. And it's all miniatures. I didn't know that Independence Day... To this day, holds the record as the most miniatures used in a single film. That's really? so cool. And that and it beats out the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Wow. wow! And that kind of blows my mind. And a lot of film historians kind of maintain that it probably won't ever be topped, considering where we're going with you know technology these yeah. days. Yeah. Independence Day will probably forever hold that crown. Like every shot of a of a jet firing a missile, miniature. They have little missiles that had little M80 firecrackers in it and they fire and it whoosh, goes off. Those are all miniatures. That's crazy. The pictures of Air Force One flying. Every shot miniature. It's just lit really well. They're floating with like fishing line and they just have a backdrop and that's it. Now, I, I kind of want it. Speaking of which, let's talk about the military a little bit because it plays USA, heavily. USA. It plays very, very heavily in this, in this film. Now, Oftentimes, when a movie that heavily incorporates uh, uh, the United States military and has a big budget, they like to go to the U.S. military and the Pentagon to use the military for the film. And they loved it. The Pentagon loved this script. I'm sure they fucking did. They, because why? Because the Americans are the fucking heroes, You're man. You're goddamn not only, right. Not only are we the heroes, the American military is what is what saves the day. Oh my god. Okay, that I think was part of what I didn't love about the film. I was like I, I think I literally had this moment where I was just like, why why it always gotta be us that are just like, oh my god, we're the smartest. We're the ones that are clearly going to fucking save the world if this happened. Like it's gonna be us. It's gonna be an American so, who fucking figures it out. Anyways. It's like it's like I agree with it, you. I agree with you so much and like if it were any other movie, yeah. I'd be completely yeah, no, on your side. Yeah, yeah. It works weirdly for this film. But there's just, there's a certain magic to Independence yeah. Day for me, but and it might be the speech. It is the it, speech. I think it's, can we talk about it a little? No, because I'm not done yet. Oh, here's but we got to talk we about will. the speech. But here's the thing. The United States military had no involvement with this film. I know why. Zero. And the reason is, is because they... Went to Roland Emmerich, and they said, we love it. We love everything about it. There's just one thing we don't like. Can you get rid of Area 51? And Roland Emmerich said, um, no. It's like, like the whole theme. The whole, like, a whole act takes yeah. place around Area 51. Basically the last half of the yeah. movie. And, and the military said, look, we will give you planes we will get you can shoot at our military bases like we'll, we'll let you do it because they do that for other movies we'll let huh. you do it but you have got to get rid of area 51 from your script completely it has to take place to someplace else area 51 does not exist for this film and they stuck to their guns and said no we're not going to do it so every you every military truck every military plane every military base in this film is all either a miniature a set a toy or just some uh, a charade of a plane that's not actually real, mm -hmm. and that is insanely impressive. Yeah, yeah. But also, let's talk. Let's go a little conspiracy. Why do you think okay. they wanted to get so, rid of? Okay, Barry so now I get to bring up. I get to bring up David Grush. Do it. Have you heard this like recent news story? No. no. There's uh, a U.S. Air Force officer and former intelligence official publicly claimed, based on testimony, uh, that he was uh, that the that the U.S. essentially. 
has been hiring out contractors mm-hmm. to hmm. pick up crashed ships yeah. that are have been deemed of non-terrestrial origin. Mm. And he said that essentially for decades, our government has been trying to, like, reverse engineer this technology to figure out how it works. Mm. And other countries are also doing this. Mm. And a bunch of people who are like, he's, he's come to Congress with this under, yeah. like, whistleblower protections. Yeah. Saying that, you know, they should be privy to this and they're not. Yeah. Uh, there should be congressional it, oversight over this. That's and insane. a bunch of other people in the intelligence community and in the Air Force have been like, yeah, no, he's like a credible. He's a legit guy. Incredi- like, incredibly credible guy. Wow. So that's yeah. kind of and what's happening in this in movie. In this movie. And what's crazy he's is He's also that said there are bodies. This, this came out in 96. The CIA did not publicly admit that the the Area 51 was a real facility, government facility, until 2013. And that was only because the Freedom of Information Act, like something had lifted, and someone came to the CIA saying, is this real, yes or no? And they had to answer, and they said yes. So when this movie, you know, we take that for granted now, but you have to remember this movie's coming out and being developed in the Mm mid-90s. So, of course, we were talking about Area 51. There are whispers of it. But that's why the government was like, you cannot have this in your film. Otherwise, we won't help you out at all. Mm. And that's fascinating. And also, one other thing, if we want to go really conspiracy here... Is that they definitely moved the ships out of Area 51 to somewhere else? Yes! Yes! Well, no, I was going to say... Um, so there have been testimony from people that have been, like Russell K., who have been abducted by aliens, and have said that, it, to their testimony, that aliens don't look like these little green men or have little, like, olive-shaped heads... Most testimony that does actually agree from completely separate cases all maintain that alien skulls are almost triangular shaped. (laughs) And if you notice that the alien creatures in this film have very triangular shaped heads. Right? What did they know? What did they know? What did they know? Oh, it's amazing. Uh, Quick little sidebar about the alien design. Apparently the like biomechanical suits that they're in came about because they, the team designing uh, the aliens had, like, two different designs. One was, like, a bigger, scarier alien, and oh, one was okay. more and like they, the classic gray, and they were oh, like, wow. let's just fucking combine it. That's Which brilliant. I think leads to a great scene. It also leads to a very disgusting but well-shot surgery scene. Yeah, the, a wet the, puppet. Oh, man. We've it, lost we've lost the art of the wet puppet. I know, it, it's great. It, it's Alexis, so, how do you feel about a wet puppet? How do you puppet? feel about wet puppets? How do you feel about a wet puppet? Uh, the imagery's a little weird for me. I don't know what you mean. Who's a wet puppet? Like a... What wet puppet? Like a puppet... During the alien the, autopsy The alien scene. autopsy, the thing that they cut open. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a, big a wet old puppet. wet puppet. Yeah. So like, so like in like the original like alien when like when like the alien pops out of somebody's like stomach. Well, that's, that's a wet that ass. A, that's, that's a wet a, ass okay, puppet. Then, then I'm I'm hundred percent on the wet puppet. The band thing, wagon. the thing is almost always a wet puppet. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, I'm here, I'm here for it. Slick me up. You're here Great. for a wet puppet. She loves wet puppets. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Consensus. Consensus. Pro wet puppet. I I pro wet puppet. Slick me up, daddy. And we're hey. a wet puppet pod. <laughs> wet we puppet pod. Um, but yeah, speaking of alien autopsy, Brett Spiner, who's from Star Trek Next Generation, is so good in this. Yeah. And something that's interesting is his character um, dies in this film. Very clearly. Originally. And there's even a line from uh, 
Baldwin, one of the Baldwin brothers. I believe it's William Baldwin. William in this Baldwin. Movie. Bob Baldwin. He says, um, Dr. Oaken mm-hmm. is dead. In the editing room, they cut that line because Roland Emmerich loved Dr. Oaken so much that he said, if I ever end up doing a sequel to this, I want to bring him back. That's so, so crazy. I'm just going to kind of play to the fact that maybe he was just comatose and passed out when the alien went into his head and like wrapped his tentacle around his neck. Mm-hmm. Like this, I've seen this movie countless times, and I've always interpreted it as Dr. Oaken is dead. He's so yeah. dead. He's pale. His eyes are gla- glazed over. He, he's a goner. Definitely but this does. whole, like... So when they play the trailer for Independence Day Resurgence and you see Dr. Oaken come back, I was like, what? They're yeah, bringing him back? I had the same but feeling. As it turns out, Roland Emmerich had been planning this for years. And it went so well. It went great. We've all seen Independence <laughs> yeah, Day Yeah, we've all... The, both of us who grew up, like, loving Independence Day, we both saw we it, both right? We both saw that movie yeah? so quickly. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> never seen it. Still never seen it. So let's talk about the speech. We want to talk about the speech. We let's got talk about Alexis. You had never seen the speech in its context before i i don't even know if i'd ever even seen the speech at all how'd you feel about the speech it was a good speech it was very american so i was like all right (laughs) i i get you i feel i feel roused yeah you were roused you were roused not aroused i was roused in spirit you know well, that makes one of us. That was aroused. Because I was aroused. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, that's just one of those moments where, like, as an actor, that is what you are going to be associated with yeah. forever. But yeah. Uh, he knocks it out of the fucking park. It's Story so well delivered. about that speech. So, in the writing of this movie, because apparently uh, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin pounded out this script... In about three weeks. Wow. Um, Crazy. And this version of the speech was in there. and uh, Like in draft one, yeah, basically? Yeah, Dean Devlin wrote it in draft one because they were like, they, they literally said, we want our St. Crispian's Day right. speech yeah. for this moment. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Roland Emmerich has joked like, oh, you know, just, you know, write something as good as Henry V. Um, well. So Dean Devlin, uh, yeah. Dean Devlin writes this speech out and yeah. Roland Emmerich reads it and he's like, oh, it's pretty good. You know, we might make some edits. And they're like, he's like, yeah, we could cut it down. Yeah. And they get to the day where they're shooting that scene. Yeah. And Dean Devlin comes to like set in a panic because he's like, oh, my God, I never edited the speech. I never like. Revised it from our first draft, draft. One speech. We this is terrible, yeah. and he's like frantically trying to like make notes on it in his trailer, and then he hears that like, oh my god, they're already set up, and yeah. Bill Pullman is rehearsing this speech. Yeah, and it gets to the end of his rehearsal take. Yeah, and all of the extras burst into applause. Yeah, just go crazy for it, and yeah. he's like, okay, I guess I don't need to change anything. Yeah, and. Yeah. They basically shot, like, two takes of that scene. No shit. And most of the... Which take is in the movie? Do you know? Uh, I think it's... A blend? I think it's a blend. blend. I I think it's mostly the first take. Wow. Um, Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is an actor just stepping up to the tee, getting the bat, and... Fucking knocking into the park. Knocking it out of the park. 
That's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, no. It's so good. I, th- I think this is the best movie speech of all time. Oh, yeah, At no, I think, I think that he fucking dunks on William Shakespeare. He fucking did it. Yeah. William Shakespeare, who Dean Devlin all day, baby. That's amazing. That, yeah. Should I'm, we I'm win the day, hear that. the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But it's the day when all of humanity cried out with one voice. We will not, not go, go quietly, quietly into, the, into night. the night. We will, we will not, not vanish without, without a fight. fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, Today we, we celebrate, celebrate our Independence, Independence Day. So that speech da, is so da, da, popular da, da, da. that apparently in Ukrainian Twitter, they share that video <laughs> comparing that to like, oh, this is like President Zelensky. Oh, my God. With, uh, with our troops. Oh like that's memes, how much... memes have made war so fucking embarrassing. Yeah, no, it's 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 very interesting. It was really um, cool before memes, and now it's embarrassing. It's such a good, yeah, it's a crazy speech. And actually, I remember, speaking of Independence Day resurgence, if you recall, the first trailer for that was literally just clips of beautiful footage set to... Bill Pullman's original speech makes sense, and, and and they add reverb to it to make it sound big and exciting. And the movie, from what I've heard, is so bad. But man, that trailer hits. Yeah, just because of the it's a speech. Because that speech hits. It's a speech hits. It's if you put it to something, mm-hmm. it's gonna hit. Yeah. They did the same thing with the Hobbit trailer when they put uh, um, Billy Boyd's song. Uh, um, Shadows and Time, whatever the fuck it's called, where he's singing, where the road... Yes, exactly. It's the same thing. You put something that hits to a trailer, it's going to hit, but the movie can still be crap. Yeah. It's really sad. True. Yeah. I love that speech. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, what else? Oh. Uh, Alexis, well, do, you have any, do you have any thoughts, please? I'm sorry. We're, we're yeah. so jazzed about this movie, I and I want to hear what you thought. one other note, and that was just, like, how fucking Californian, like... Vivica A. Fox's response to uh, she she goes that wasn't even a four pointer go back to bed yeah, <laughs> about the funny. fucking earthquake and I was all yep that's us that's us don't give a shit about earthquakes yeah no, I uh, I've maintained that I don't think I've ever noticed an earthquake yeah literally well it's happened and not, in, not in South uh, uh, Southern California. I've yeah. I've experienced earthquakes yeah. in Southern California a couple of times, and every time it has been someone saying, "Hey, did you feel that earthquake?" And I was like, "No, no what? Yeah. No, what yeah. are you talking about?" I only felt one because I'm built different in uh, Arcata, where we had school together. That was a pretty that one hit pretty hard, and I felt I was in the uh, top floor of a two story apartment building, and just being in a building that's swaying back and forth. Not a big fan of that. Yeah. Not yeah, a big fan. That's no good. I don't like hearing the building creak. Yeah, that's not what you want to hear for <laughs> sure. Not, yeah, no. Building's not supposed to do that. Building's no, not supposed no, no. to do that. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, Vivica, she's great in this film. Yes. She's really, really good. Very sexy. I, I re- Okay, well, speaking of her being sexy, so uh, this movie screened at the White House. Um, Love it. And Water like for, the cast uh, for Bill Clinton, yeah, in front of Bill Clinton, oh, nice. slightly before the Lewinsky scandal broke. Yeah, I was wondering if she was and, there too. Uh, she was. Screening. She was under the table. Uh, oh uh, my no. god, Lewinsky! You're come done. on, You're done. come on! You're I thought you were done. talking about Vivica A. Fox. No, 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 no. So Vivica A. Fox was there, and uh, apparently she met Bill Clinton, and Bill Clinton was like, "Hey, Vivica." <laughs> I loved you in Independence Day. And I'm like, I bet you fucking did, Bill. I I bet you did. Wow. That's so so Clinton. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Do we have anything else about Independence Day? Do we uh, have any, any favorite moments or Alexis moments that, that stuck in your craw? Yeah, the dog survived and I was very happy. That's it. That's the tweet. Uh, All right. I'd like Alexis did not love this picture. That saddens me. I'm so sorry. Okay. I stopped I think... it like dozens of times because I just like was having such a hard time paying attention. Um, I think I think you're gonna be I think you're gonna be more jazzed next week. I am. Yes. I'm really jazzed. I already forgot what we're doing, but I'm super excited. Uh, I'll announce it. I, th- I think you're gonna like it. You'll like it. I don't know if you'll like week three as much. I don't know. We'll I don't see. know. We'll, we'll see, see how it gets there. Uh, but in terms of Independence Day, uh, I want to talk about Randy Quaid a little bit. I was also just about to we bring up Randy We have to talk Quaid. about Randy Quaid. Russell K, sir. Um, fantastic casting. Yeah. The I, I remember after we went and saw it at the New Beverly, another in an alternate universe I'd like to see... Um, Gary Busey. Yeah. Uh, other, other actual Hollywood other lunatics. Act, yeah, for real. Uh, but Randy Although, Quaid to be is fair, so I don't know if this. Gary Busey has gone down the Trump train, and, and Randy Quaid has. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I buy it. You, you are Russell K, man. That's a that's a Trumpster. That's a that's, that's a man. That's a big old. That's Trumpster. a man who has lost it. That is a man yeah. unmoored from reality. Yeah. Uh, apparently, in the first draft, uh, I'm not exactly sure how this works, but apparently, he likes he, he gets a missile, or the, the, yes, the military they gives shot him it. a missile. They shot it. Yeah, they shot. They had to change this oh, right no before shit. the movie came out. So Alexis, they put a missile on his biplane. Yeah, the mm-hmm. one that he's like crop dusting with at the beginning of the movie. And that he flies up the wazoo of this ship and fires the missile or whatever from his biplane, and then that's that. So he was on this mission of suicide the whole time. Mm-hmm. They in the editing room, I guess, decided like, oh, I think it's more impactful if he decides in the moment that. I'm going to sacrifice myself. That shit made me sad. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, yeah, it's sad. This is like the thing that Mick and I talked about a little bit. Like, that movie, that moment is like, you talk about emotional manipulation in film, and that's something that Spielberg gets praised for a lot, is being a filmmaker who knows how to tug at your heartstrings and manipulate you emotionally without you really noticing that it's happening while it's happening. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely can see all of the fucking levers pulling on my yeah, heartstrings yeah, yeah. in the Russell K sequence. Like, you know, you've got the sweeping score. You've got, like, the shot of his kids. You've got the missile jamming, yeah. which, like, oh, come on. No, I, my eyes swell uh, when they show an insert of his family picture. Every single cockpit. time yeah. it, when he goes, tell my children... I love Don't them very, very much. much. And I'm then like, you know immediately. I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh, no. Don't do it. Russell. Come on. But you got to do it. Yeah. It's, ah, oh, God. And it's so great, too, because it goes from the words of my generation up yours. Yeah. And it's cool, too, because this whole. All I, right, you alien assholes. Yeah. What, what I love about it is this whole time. We have this whole backstory that he was abducted by aliens. And even his, his, his uh, other. Backwood hicksters are like, and you know, they took him up in their spaceship and they abused him sexually. And so it kind of fucks with him a little bit. And even what I love is when he volunteers, like, all right, we need pilots, anyone that can fly. And he's like, I'm fly, I'm pilot. And then he says, oh, by the way, on a personal, personal note, note. Uh, when I was abducted by aliens years ago and they performed experiments on me, I've been dying for some payback. And now, I just want you to know, I won't let you down. I won't let you down. Now, 
the characters it's a setup the characters hear that and And then there's a payoff and their reaction is they roll their eyes they roll their eyes to someone saying i was abducted by aliens while they are experiencing an alien invasion and the crazy thing is i'm right there with them i could be in an alien invasion and someone could tell me yeah i was abducted like years ago totally saw this coming i'd be like okay yeah sure see i'm more i'm just more open-minded no i I, I, i'd be like hell no i have i have always since i was a kid like actually maintained that i think russell k was abducted by aliens this whole time i think he's he's wacko (laughs) no i buy it it happens that's fascinating these listen they've come to earth yeah, they have. I mean, for sure. Th- okay, so do you I think, think the ship have- at Area 51 was what crashed at Roswell? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay, I buy that. I don't buy the fact that Russell K. was abducted I think by he Aaron. was. I think That's it happened. fascinating. I think it did. Uh, film major listeners, was Russell K. actually abducted by aliens? That might just be the sentimentalist in me, but I, I believe it. Or is that like a PTSD former NOM episode that he went through? But my point was, is like, as someone who doesn't buy that story at all when he goes up the hello boys it's the urethra of the ship back when he says that you kind of feel like yeah yeah fuck these aliens yeah he's getting his payback and he is and he is because they abducted him they abducted him and he and and the kind of the funny thing is if we want to get kind of crass about it is if they abused him sexually oh my god he's going up the tube of this thing he's kind of abusing them sexually you're getting well right well Well, maybe not sexually you're getting he's being very insertive yes it's very insertive it's very oh, insertive wow. of Russell K. Well, um, is this a, are we, we're getting very H.R. Geiger with our aliens now. We're we really, are. really getting into the phallic imagery of this. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's wrap that. Is up. the plane of talk? I would love, I would love to talk about the music in this, scored yes. by David Arnold. Yeah, not a which, composer who I'm like super familiar yeah, what with. What else has he done? Uh, oh, okay, he did Tomorrow Never Dies. The world is not enough. He did a lot of 007. He did Casino Royale. Yeah. So he's done a lot of 007 <laughs> stuff. Interesting. But like this, huh. this movie, I think just uh, Alexis, you you're experiencing this for the first time. I yeah. I love the music uh-huh. in this movie. Do you? Yeah, Alexis has checked out. I don't even out. want to respond. Then <laughs> you've checked out. I don't even Alexis, want to be an active host. Come on now. <laughs> I well I okay I didn't love the music either I think that was part of what what I didn't like I didn't love the movie because I was just like I was like oh my god it's so American to like pull at my emotions using the music and so I don't know I you <laughs> could you could see the you, rude not loving this movie that you you, were, you got so America out after Fourth of July you could you could see the levers turning and you weren't a fan. I, I yeah I was just like okay all right um yeah so so I not 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 a huge fan but you know um I'm sure yeah I'm sure it's good I'm sure well <laughs> it's one thing we've maintained on this Fuck show it, we ball it's everyone's right to be wrong and that's fine that's that's an American right God damn and it. we we appreciate that um honestly the very like distant sounding reverberated French horn that plays in the very beginning where you see the plaque on the moon that we, that we came here for all mankind and we came in peace. And you just hear that French horn. And you just get gassed up. It's so good. Or if you're Alexis, you don't all get the gas up. gets left, let get, out of your tank. Yeah, she... F- 
I don't know. Yeah. No, it's like somebody like took a screwdriver and just like popped it into the side of my someone's gas tank. Someone's been really spilling didn't out the like whole it. time. Someone's wow. been siphoning your gas. Damn. Yeah. So she was just very gassy when she watched this. All, was, right. all this gas was coming out. Uh, 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 I was full of gas. I don't know. I mean, I mean, every time Jeff Goldblum was on on screen, I was just like, hell yeah, daddy, come here. Okay. Um, <laughs> fun, fun Jeff Goldblum fact. Fun Jeff Goldblum fact. There was a brief period of time yeah. where uh, the two highest grossing movies of all time That's both right. starred Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Jurassic Park. And, yeah, Independence Day got up to number two, uh, and then Titanic came. Oh, right? wow. Yeah, then, then Titanic came. God damn it, James Cameron. Shop. Ah, uh, big Jim. Big Jim with the wind. Big boy, the wind. He can't be stopped. He can't be stopped. Um, he will not be denied. But no, uh, I, w- I want to talk about emotion again, just really quickly. So again, I want to talk about Jeff Goldblum. I've seen this so many times, and I still cry in this film at different points. Like today, when I watched it again, I cried when um, uh, uh, the president's wife died. Yeah, I think Bill Pullman's very good in that moment. Very, very powerful. I, I tear up during that scene quite often. But when we saw it at the New Beverly, and quite often when I watch it, I tear up not out of sadness, but out of complete awe of when the ships are arriving in New York and L.A. and the Washington, D.C. Just the, the huge, expansive shots. And what really helps sell the scale of these city-sized aircraft is you don't ever see them full frame. No. Once they're on Earth... Because they couldn't build them full frame to to look right with the city models. And even if they did, you couldn't frame it properly to really sell it. Like, you can only really see bits and pieces of the spacecraft. And when they are arriving and you have uh, uh, David Arnold's score, that the, the, the dark theme that he does, it's just so, so impactful. And my, I, my eyes swell up just out of complete shock. They well up. They, they well up. <laughs> they well up. They don't swell up. Well, they're swelling. There's welling. There's lots of things going on. <laughs> Again, we've discussed this on a previous episode. Swell up is Arnold's eyes popping out of his head in oh, total, yeah, total recall. Well up is your well, crying. So, the, okay, my eyes swell up. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I'm just overcome with, with emotion during, during those scenes. It's just, it's so, it's so well done. Lovely. I, it, there's no other. I don't think there's a better alien invasion movie. I can think of one. What is it? Really? I can think of one that I like more. What? You're gonna get mad. What is it? It's nope. Nope. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna get mad at that. I could disagree with it, but I'm not I gonna th- get mad. I at think it. that's. For me, it's it's a fuller meal. But like that movie paid my income for like three months. I can't be mad at that. Yeah, there it is. Come on now. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That was the that was the longest steadiest job that I had other than bartending in LA. Hell yeah! Wow. Thank you, Jordan Peele. Yeah, and thank you, COVID. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. All right. Not the first time I've said that. <laughs> Alexis, <laughs> any final thoughts on Independence Day? Yes. Uh, <laughs> um. You've been very nice, uh, and you, you, you know, don't have to be. Honest, to be. To be honest, you know, kind of, kind the, the them walking back out of the desert with their fucking cigars in oh, their yeah. mouths. I was like, Independence Day. Swag. Thank you for Pretty smoking. Swag. All right, yeah. Pretty no, swag on that. That's a good iconic image of them walking in the salt flats. 
Yeah, them they're out. literally swaggering they back, and I'm like, damn, it's got to be hot out yeah. there. Well, y'all, y'all must be dripping with sweat uh, under those suits. If Jeff Goldblum's out there, you better be fucking I, hot I out there. I read someplace that that scene where Will Smith is pulling the alien at the Utah Salt Flats, um, and he's... Dragging it? Well, he's dragging it, and he's, he's basically just, like, lamenting the fact that he's fucking here, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, could have been at a barbecue. Could have been at a barbecue. And when he says, and what the hell is that smell... That line wasn't the script. That was improvised because apparently underneath the surface of the, of the uh, salty crust, there's like old like little prehistoric shrimps that <laughs> when you step on it, releases this smell into the hot air. <laughs> so apparently it stunk bad. And so when he's dragging and crunching it and then he finishes his line, then he goes, and hey, what the hell is that smell? That's Will Smith actually <laughs> reacting to some rancid shit Fuck out yeah. in the desert. Love Damn, it. Damn, that's mad funny. Um, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, uh, my final words on Independence Day. Uh, it's a Stone Cold classic. I love it so much. Uh, I don't even know if I would say that Nope is an alien invasion movie I enjoy more. I think it's just uh, a different flavor of alien yeah. invasion movie that I probably enjoy Comparably to Independence yeah, Day, because that's like a UFO. Yeah, it's, which is, and it's, it's cool in its own. Yeah, way. it's it's paranoid and yeah. and scary, but this has fucking bombast like nothing else. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I I agree. Um, it's a it's a DVD shelf must, and it's for sure a VHS shelf must. Absolutely. Uh, I again, I grew up with it. I it's in regular rotation every time I see it. It's it's just always good. I wouldn't say it's my favorite blockbuster. I don't. I wouldn't say it's the best blockbuster either. But it is the quintessential one. It's the most blockbuster. It's the most blockbuster. Yes, well said. Uh, yeah, it's a damn good time. If you haven't seen it yet, please please do yourself a favor and watch it. It's it's the perfect popcorn film. Alexis, any any uh, ending parting thoughts? Yeah, I mean, even if I didn't like love it I still agree that like it's it's a blockbuster zeitgeist so like I'm glad that I saw it you know yeah. so now I can be like I've seen Independence Day I know I know what's up with the Hutzpah and all now that you have, now so. you have more uh, references so you can add to your arsenal you've been a you've been joke. a good sport about it yeah all well right done. thank well, you <laughs> Alexis we're moving out of the 1990s Yes. And we're moving into yes. the early 2000s. That's right. With yes. another movie I think I know what that was say. an absolute cultural event and completely redefined the cinema landscape. Did and it? that yes. is Sam yes. Raimi's Spider-Man. Yes. That's right. Yes. 2002 starring yes. Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, and Willem Dafoe. And Willem Dafoe. We're and don't talking James Franco. Oh my god. We are I'm going to forget about it. <laughs> We're talking about Sam Raimi. I can't wait. He is one of my so fucking boys. Yeah. One of my filmmaking heroes and I I can't wait to talk about this movie. I haven't seen it I'm so since I was stoked. a kid. So I'm really excited to revisit this. What? Yeah. I have not seen this what? since I was a kid. So this will be very interesting for me. Um, but yeah, this is great. We're, we're moving on. Next decade. Very excited. Yes. Of all superheroes, Spider-Man is my favorite. I love him forever. Stan. Stan account. It's, Twitter account. It's me, Spider-Man. I, I just, I can't wait to talk about this movie. I, I yeah. watch it. Pre, it's a, it is a rainy day, sad time movie for Zach that picks me up. Interesting. And you can find it on Netflix or Disney+. Plus. Um, That's it? That's well, you can also find it on our shelf. That's right. That's how I'll be watching it. 
Yeah, and sure. if you want to find us, you can find us at Filmmakers Pod on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want to shoot us an email, tell us what was a blockbuster from the 1990s you were a big fan of? What's a 2000s yeah. blockbuster it, you love? By the way, there's so fucking many. Yeah. For the record, listeners, it was really hard for us to pick. This, yeah, the, this was it, a difficult especially month. Especially the 90s blockbuster. Yeah. Because there's so many good ones. Shoot us an email. Yeah. Filmmakerspod at gmail.com. Reach out. And, uh, yeah. On that note, Elvis has left the building.